0: A quick question, and uh, this is all skate. You don't even have to be a Christian to answer a yes or no to this question, it's super easy. How many of you here in this room today, like today so far, have at least sent or received? One text message. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand, okay? That's the majority of people in the room, and if people didn't raise their hand, you either have no phone or no friends, or you got your phone taken away. So, um, my first text message this morning was at 5.17. I sent a text message at 5.17. That person's still my friend, because um, I woke them up. I, th- I think I woke them up. I'm not sure, but um, I, I've been getting text messages and receiving text messages all day. Now, I've said this before, but let me remind everybody, text messages are my preferred method of communication. I'm an introvert, and so after I say, hey, how you doing, I really don't know where to go from there, and, um, and and you can get to the point quickly. For example, oh my gosh, I forgot what time I'm supposed to be at their house for dinner. Is it 6 or 6.30? What time I need you to be there? 6 or 6.30? 6.30. Okay, bam, done. I don't have to call you. I don't have to ask about your mama, your dad, your dog, whatever. It's just an easy conversation. Text messages are easy. Easy. And every once in a while, somebody goes, It takes the person out of it. Yeah, exactly. I don't want the person in it. I just need an answer. So let's just say, let's just say that two people meet at an event. Let's say hypothetically, they ran into to each other at church. And it's a guy and it's a girl, and they're single. And the guy happened to get the girl's number. And he's kind of wrestling with, Do I ask her out? Um, and, and if I do, like, how do I do this? It's kind of weird. And so let me just test the waters. And so something, that, something like that might look a little bit like this. He decides to send her a text message and says, hey, it was great to see you today. Very non-threatening. You can, you can back out of that easy. What are you trying to do? Oh, I just said, it was great to see you. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all I said. It's great to see you. Now, if you'll notice, also, this is blue. It means the other person has an iPhone which means they love Jesus. If you have a droid and you make it green, people hate you. All right, so, and and I'm just kidding. You have to say that because there's some droid user out there losing their mind. (laughs) You've lost your mind because you got a droid. Anyway, so, hey, it was great to see you. Now, you're kind of waiting on her response, and she sends him a text back, and she says, OMG. Now, somebody got mad a couple weeks ago going, OMG, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. Number one, no, it's not. Number two, that's why you have no friends. But for that, ca- for <laughs> for that purpose, we'll say, gosh, oh my gosh, OMG, it was really great to see you too. And he goes, oh, snap, I, this is looking good. So he sends him back a text and says, what have you been up to lately? That's another good just test the water question. Some of you guys need to be writing this down. That's another good test the water question. What have you been up to lately? And she goes, well, not much really just going to work then coming home. Feels like there's a, maybe, maybe the doors open a little bit because she said not much. She didn't say, I'm seeing a guy named Frank, thank you very much. She didn't say that. So he goes, he goes sounds like you need to get out more. Okay, now now, this is where you call it. We have stepped uh, at least into the water up to the knees at this point. We stepped in the water up to the knees. Sounds like you need to look it out more. And she goes, ha-ha, that's the tap back. Now, let me pause. If somebody does a tap back and they give no other answer, they're done talking to you. That's my rule. If you send me a text and I do a tap back, like a ha-ha or a heart or whatever that means, don't text me anymore. I'm done with you. I love you, but I'm trying to take a nap. I'm trying to do something else that doesn't involve texting you because you can text can go on forever, and especially if you get one of those threads with 21 people. Oh dear God! Anyway, so so, but but then she texts back. I know, right? Ikr. I know, right? So this is where he has to make the decision. Do I go for it or do I back off? But she did more than the back. She sent that. So he goes. Would you like to grab dinner sometime this week? And he sees (laughs) the bubbles. Isn't it true that this guy, that the longer those bubbles stay there, the less likely his chances are of getting to dinner with this girl, yes or No. Right. Because because I don't know about you, but like if, you, if you're an iPhone user, when you're typing, the other person can see the bubbles, and they can't see what you're typing. And, and for me, I've typed out paragraphs and then deleted them, so the other person has bubbles on their phone forever. And so, if you're this guy, you're freaked out because the longer the bubbles, the less likely your chances are getting the answer that you were actually looking for. Isn't it that way in our relationship with God sometimes? Like... I, I've I've had times where I have prayed certain prayers and seen immediate answers. I'm not making this up. I prayed one time, God, I really need to talk to this person. Please make a way for me to be able to chat with this person. And as I'm praying that, my phone rings and it's the person. And I was like, God, I really want to win the lottery. If you could make now, that didn't happen, but um, (laughs) you got to try, right? And so, so there's been times when I've prayed things, and it's like God answers it really, really quickly. But there's been other times in my life, and I'm sure there's been times in your life as well, where you prayed for something, you've asked for something, and it feels like God's doing something, but it's not. It's so unclear. And spiritually, the longer we feel like we, we get the bubbles from God the less likely we think that the blessing... We don't think that the bubbles lead to a blessing. We don't think that the bubbles lead to the best is yet to come. We think the longer the bubbles, the less likely I'm going to see a breakthrough. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. Because I know for a fact, in a room this size or in the people watching online, there are people here today, you feel abandoned you feel forgotten. You feel confused because it seems like the bubbles are all you seem to get from the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that on the other side of the bubbles is a breakthrough. I'll show you, I'll show you because there's this real cool story in scriptures. Now, I'm trying to stick with some of the, the Christmas passages, Luke chapter 1 and 2, Matthew chapter 1 and 2. Today, we're going to hang out with Luke. We're going to learn the story about John the Baptist, and I'm also going to share with you why I think he was called John the Baptist. It's kind of funny. Here we go. Luke tells us this story. In Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, he introduces the main characters in the story. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. So basically, you got Zechariah, basically got a preacher married to a preacher's daughter. And watch what else Luke says about them. This is real cool. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. Pause. Now, that's legit. Like, I've got some people in my life that I look up to that I think they're good people. That's a good person. And those are good people. And those are good people. But that's what I say. But here the Bible says they were good people. Now, every once in a while, you'll meet that person that goes, there's no such thing as a good person. Okay. That's why you have no friends either, because you don't think there's good people. Nobody wants to be around you. But the Bible says they were, they were righteous in God's eyes. Now, don't we, don't we kind of think that in God's economy, that good people get good things and bad people get bad things? We've always thought that. It, it's, it's called, we call it karma. Um, we we call it all sorts of other things, reaping what you sow or whatever, but that's what we've always believed. If you're good, God loves you. If you're bad, God hates you. If you do good things, God will bless you. If you do bad things, God will curse you. That's what we believe in in, in many, 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 many cases. But here we go. They were careful to obey all the Lord's commandments. Now, if you were describing me with a sentence, that's not the one you would use to describe me. Perry was careful to obey. I mean, I try to obey, but I'm not... Sometimes I just don't think about it, right? Um, They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. They were both very old, very old. How old were they? Well, most scholars say, let me pause, the Bible said they're old. Scholars say, not Pastor P, because I would never say this is old. Between 60 and 65. I think 60 is the new 30, but, but like but this is the Bible says between 60 and 65, they're old and they have no children. Just a real quick question, and please, please, please just tell me the truth. At the age of 60 to 65, do you think for a second that children is even a remote possibility, yes or no? No. Uh-uh. Mm, no. Nah. nah. The Bible says they, they had no children. Sometimes we see things, and when we see it, we wish we had it, right? I had a friend of mine that took a cross-country flight from Seattle to Atlanta, took his two-year-old with him. Now, here's what you need to know about flying with a child. Genetically, they are wired to have a meltdown in the middle of the flight. It's going to happen no matter how much Benadryl you give them. Not that I would endorse that. I just know people that done it. So anyway, my friend's on this flight, and somewhere between uh, some, some, like, I think they were over in Nebraska, and, and the two-year-old little girl just melts down. And I don't know if you're a parent, you've ever had a child meltdown. You're helpless. There's nothing you could do. You can promise them anything, and it, and it just goes until they're done. So kid's finally done, melting down. Got two seats over, just kind of looks at him and just goes, that's your kid. My friend was like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's my daughter. And the guy goes, man, me and my wife would give anything to have a kid. My friend said, oh, you and your wife can't have children? He said, oh, oh no, we've got five kids. We'd give anything to have a kid. That, that just one, just one. We'd just <laughs> trade them in. But it's 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 a legit thing that there are some people that wish they could have children and they can't have children, and it's not just a new thing. It's been around for 2,000 years. Now, in this culture, culture, if you were a woman and you couldn't have a child, people looked down on you. There was something wrong with you. And it doesn't matter that the Bible said that they were righteous in God's eyes and careful, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rumors about you were that either you have sinned or Zechariah had sinned or somebody in his family had sinned. There was something wrong wrong with you. Elizabeth had to wrestle with the fact for 40 years, she couldn't have a, maybe 45 years, she couldn't have a child. There was something wrong with her. There were rumors going on about Elizabeth. And and in fact, Elizabeth lived in a place called disgrace. She was disgraced because she couldn't do what other people did. And there was a big, why God? Why is this Happening, or specifically why is this not happening to me? I don't know if you've ever lived in this place. Some of us have lived there. Some of us are living there. It's not a fun place to be. And when we're living in disgrace, it seems like the bubbles just stay there and nothing happens. Well, watch this. This is great. One day, just one day, just one day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying, which is really funny, by the way. I'm going to show you this in a little while because church people are weird. They hadn't changed in 2,000 years, all right? But what we've got here is um, Zechariah going in and to the Holy of Holies to pray to make the offering to God. Now, here's what's really cool about this. For years, I just read over this. I just read over it. But, but the Bible says, well, you know, he just happened to be on duty, and he just happened to get chosen. The odds of Zechariah getting chosen to go into the temple to do this were 8,000 to 1%. 8,000, there were 8,000 people that could have been chosen to go in and, and do this duty, but Zechariah just happened to be the guy that was chosen. The 8,000 to 1. 8,000 to 1. W- wouldn't you say that's remarkable odds? I mean, we've, we've done things, we've played the odds, right? How many of you ever bought a lottery, t- lottery ticket? Come on. Raise your hand. Oh, my God, come on, raise your hand. This is a second chance. We're not going to discipline you. We're going to ask you, would you tithe if you won? And then if you say yes, we're going to pray that you win, all right? I mean, love. Somebody's got to win. The, the reason I think this is significant is he's 60, 65 years old. He goes in. Um, you can do this duty once. It just happened to be his day. He just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And we look at it and go, oh, my gosh. Look at the circumstances and how lucky he was. But see, this wasn't luck. This was God working in the bubbles. This was God saying, i still got a plan for you. This is God saying, it's not happening in your time, but there's something happening, and it's going to happen in a way that absolutely blows your mind. Zechariah just happened to get chosen that day. Just like somebody just happened to be at church today, and you weren't planning on being here. Somebody just happened to log in today, and you weren't planning on logging in. It's so funny that God, when he communicates to us, he communicates loud, he communicates clear, and he communicates consistently. So I love this because (laughs) Zechariah goes in, and and everybody's outside praying, and here's what they're praying. They're praying that Zechariah would experience the presence of God. Now keep that in mind as we keep going. Here we go. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right side of the incense altar. Thank you, Luke, for telling us where the angel stood. We were all curious. Zechariah was shaken. You don't say. I would be shaken. If I went home today, I'm getting ready to change clothes, eat some lunch, walk in my bedroom, there's an angel, I would be shaken. Shaken is a light word to describe how I would feel. I can't really say how. Yeah, well, actually, I could. But anyway, he was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. And if I'm Zechariah, I'm like, okay, God heard my prayer. Which prayer was that? Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Now, there's two types of people in this room. There's on-time people, and then there's late people. On-time people are there five to ten minutes early. Late people are just late. They, they're late for church. They're late for dinner. They're going to be late to their funeral. <laughs> if Jesus comes back, they're going to miss the rapture because they're going to be late. So I'm just kind of curious. How many of you are on-time people? Raise your hand. How many of you are late people? Raise your hand. How many of you sit next to a late person that didn't raise their hand, but they're always late to everything? They go, Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the other thing about late people. They won't tell you they're late. You're late. I'm not late. I'm not late. I just had to do a couple things. I just had to rearrange some things. Had to wash some clothes. Had to fold the clothes. Had to clean the kids. Had to paint the house. Had to rearrange. I had to change all the tires, and that's why I'm late. No, you're just late. You're late to everything. Now, the reason I bring that up is because doesn't it seem like God's late Sometimes. I know where I know. There's an old Southern gospel saying. So he's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. I remember the first time I heard that, going, "Is he?" I mean, ask Lazarus. Is he an on-time God? <laughs> Lazarus died. God heal me. God, bam, dead four days, and Jesus goes, "I right, y'all quit playing." Lazarus, get up. <laughs> now, the, the reason I bring this up is because the angel says, "God has heard your prayer." You're going to have a baby. Just just a simple question. Do you really think that Zechariah and Elizabeth at 60 were still praying for children? Yes or no? No. At 60, you're praying for grandchildren to go home because they're getting on your nerves. That's what you're praying for at 60. Which means, which means, which means, which means those prayers that Zechariah and Elizabeth had offered up 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. God had put something in motion. Something was happening. The bubbles, the bubbles were there. And Zechariah and Elizabeth thought it was a breakdown. What they didn't understand is they were about to experience a breakthrough, a breakthrough that only God could get credit for. Sometimes God lets the situation get to such an extent that only he could get the glory out of the miracle that he's going to bring into our lives. Watch this. This is great. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Watch this. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks, which is why he's known as John... The Baptist. (laughs) Because let's be honest, even John the Presbyterian. uh, People ask me that before. What's the difference between a Baptist and a Presbyterian? It's real simple. A Baptist won't wave at you in the liquor store. That's, That's the main difference. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. I love this. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Is this good news? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. But here's the problem. Sometimes we have a hard time believing God and taking him at his word. Would you agree? I do. Like, well, if you grew up in church, we got lied to a little bit. I and mean, then they didn't do it intentionally, but they told, they told us that the Bible was a book of heroes, and we're supposed to emulate these people. The Bible isn't a book of heroes. There's one hero in the Bible. His name is Jesus. Everybody else is screwed up, jacked up, and messed up. They are. People are like, what about David, a man after God's own heart? You mean the guy that committed murder and adultery? We're supposed to be like that? What about Noah? He built an ark. He also got drunk, naked, and passed out and cussed his grandchildren out. Right? <laughs> I got drunk, kept my clothes on, got fired. So, so I mean, there's, there's a huge issue there. I'm just, <laughs> stay with me. I might not get you all back. Stay with me. Stay with me, people. Stay with me. Y'all know, the, y'all, y'all know the wheels come off in this service. This is why some of y'all come. I'm just saying that if an angel shows up and tells you, you know that thing you've been praying for for 40 years? It's going to happen. That's a good day, right? Would you admit that's a good day? Would you admit that this is a move of God? But a problem happens. Zechariah has a hard time believing God's word. Zechariah has a hard time with faith. This godly man that loved the Lord and followed his commands had a difficult time believing. You ever had a difficult time believing because of the bubbles? I mean, when the bubbles are there for 40 years, come on. You're going to answer my prayer now? And this is how we know. And this is, I see humor in Scripture in places that other people don't see humor. But I see humor here because... Okay, Zechariah is talking to an angel. Zechariah is talking to an angel. More specifically, an angel is talking to Zechariah. This is all Zechariah can get out. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? This is how we know the Bible's true, because watch, he chooses his words really wisely. I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well <laughs> along in years. Didn't call her old, because he might talk to her too, and I was just, <laughs> get bad. So you say, Peter, where's the humor? Here's the humor. He's talking to an angel. And after the angel tells him, you're about to get what you're praying for, he said, how do I know? I mean, can I get a sign? <laughs> he's talking to an angel, but he, he's so caught up and there's no blessing in the bubbles that he asked the angel, and, and here's, the le- here's the lesson, here's the lesson. If you don't get anything out of this message, get this don't piss off the angel. I don't know some of you are thinking that would never happen. They're an angel. No, Gabriel gets pissed. I'm going to show you, show you. Watch this. That, then the angel said, I am Gabriel. You see that? You see the exclamation point? I am Gabe. Bro, you're asking for a son I am Gabriel. Check out the wingspan, sir. Check out the sword. Check out the gold sash. I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. By the way, it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. Notice the exclamation point. Gabriel is shouting at your boy at this point. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I love this. Zechariah didn't believe, and God didn't take away the miracle. God just took away Zechariah's ability to talk about it, which was kind of a blessing. Because let's say you came to church this morning. and said, how was your morning? Oh, it was great. I met, I met an angel in my closet, and he told me that a miracle was going to happen. Oh, Okay, it's great. I'm glad you're here. That would be weird. So Zechariah, God was going to do something significant in his life, but he wasn't going to be able to talk about it, which is great because nobody would have believed him anyway. See, sometimes God's discipline is God's protection. And so he he tells Zechariah, "You're looking for a sign. I, I'm an angel. I'm telling you, there's a breakthrough coming." But even a man of faith had a hard time believing that God was going to send a breakthrough because it had been so he had spent so long confused and so long worried and so long living in a place of doubt. Watch this. I love this. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why it was taking so long. See, church people hadn't changed in 2,000 years. They're like they're outside going, God, may He experience presence in a way that he's never experienced your presence before i mean for the love how long is it gonna god bless him lord in the name of jesus may you just god can we get on with it see and this is just a reminder i'll preach a whole message on this sometime but it's just in um they were praying that he would experience god's presence but all they were really wanting were god's presence They wanted him to experience God's presence, but all they really wanted is for him to come out and say, You're forgiven. How many times have we, this is so convicting for me to ask, how many times have we said we wanted God's presence, but we just really wanted his presence? Anyway, that's just part of the story. We'll just keep going. Um, When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak. Angel told him he couldn't speak. He couldn't speak to them. Now, I'm just imagining this in my mind. Then they realize from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. So when he walks in the sanctuary, he probably walks in like this. He comes out. He's like this. <laughs> Something happened. What happened? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. You're done, buddy. You're going home, right? <laughs> Couldn't talk. You're making gestures. Everybody trying to figure it out. We gone cra- He's gone crazy. Something happened. Nobody knew what happened. But this is, this is the cool part. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Everybody say this word with me on three. One, two, three. Soon. Soon. Afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became, this word on three, one, two, three. Ah. Uh, how'd that happen? Everybody's nervous right now. There's only one virgin birth in the Bible, and it's not John. How'd that happen? He's talking about sex, Harold. Yeah, that's how you got here. Your mom and your dad looked at each other and went, "Aye," right, and that's how you got here. I just wondering about this when I was reading this this week and studying it. Like, he couldn't talk. So how did he set the mood? Elizabeth walks in the tent. He's got some Marvin Gaye playing with some candles up. I mean, something. I mean, the boy communicated somehow because it happened, and she became pregnant. She became, in other words, something happened that they didn't think could happen. For 40 years, they thought it couldn't happen but it happened. You know why it happened? Because Zechariah took God at his word and took a step of faith. Zechariah did not go home and pray for his wife to become pregnant. Zechariah did not go home and find some scriptures about pregnancy and write them down on index cards. Zechariah went home and said, God said it was going to happen. That's all the motions I'm going to do. I'm not doing anything else because, dear God. Anyway, Zechariah, can we all admit he took a step of faith? Yes or no? Yeah. He took God. See, we all pray for the supernatural, but the supernatural is when God puts his super on our natural. For example, we can't pray for God to reconcile a relationship and just sit and wait on our phone to ring. If we're going to pray for God to reconcile the relationship, we got to pick up the phone and break off a call. We can't pray for God to make us healthy and continue to slam little devies in our mouth. Oh, it just got quiet. It's that thing I hate, and I talk about it all the time. I know I do. It's like, I'm just going to let go and let God. That's the dumbest thing in the world. You don't drive like that, do you? You don't go get in your car in the parking lot going, I'm just going to let go and let God and push the gas. You know what would happen? You'd go through Target. Literally, you would go through Target, and they'd blame me because I'm the pastor. He's just little second chance. You know what those people do, right? You, it's like the, it's the song that drives me crazy. Carry on. Jesus, take the wheel. No, Carrie, you're a bad driver. That's why you wrote the song that has nothing to do with Jesus. Quit driving fast on the ice, and you wouldn't be. Anyway, so Sorry. He took God and His Word and took a step of faith. Let me ask you a question. What step of faith do you need to take? You've been praying for this for so long. And all you're getting are the bubbles. And you're like, well, maybe if God will do this, then I'll do that. And maybe God's in heaven going, no, 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 no. You go next. Somebody like, um. God, so you're saying that God's saying to go first? No, no, no. God's not telling you to go first. God went first through an empty tomb. And the resurrection proves that nothing is impossible. God went first. God said, you got next. What step of faith do you need to take? Because what God's trying to do through the bubbles is take something away from you. Wait, Pastor P. You mean God wants to take something away from me? He absolutely does. He wants to take something away from you. And the thing he wants to take away from you, he took away from Elizabeth. I'm in the process of him taking it away from me, and if you'll let him take it away from you, it will blow your mind. What does he want to take away from you? How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace. That's what he wants to take away. He wants to take away that disgrace, that fear, that uncertainty, that doubt, that worry that has existed. Because all we see are the bubbles And we think the longer that the bubbles stay there, the more likely there's a breakdown coming. But God's saying on the other side of the bubbles, there's not a breakdown. There's a breakthrough. And somebody here today needed to hear that God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. And God still has great plans for you. And if you feel like you've forgotten and abandoned, Zechariah and Elizabeth did too. But then at a time in their life where there's no way they could have taken credit for the work, God moved in a way where nobody could deny God was at work and eventually brought something out of them named John the Baptist, whom we still talk about today. And John is one of the most common names in the English language. And it came from two old people that everybody thought that God had given up on. God did not give up on them. He did not give up on you. And he's in the process of taking away your disgrace. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just want to pray for every single person in this place, God, including me. God, that there's been seasons where we felt hopeless, seasons where we think we've been abandoned, Because all we see are the bubbles. But God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would fill somebody in this room with hope. You would fill somebody with peace. You would fill somebody with joy because we know, God, we we have heard your word today and we believe that there's a breakthrough on the other side of the bubbles. There's a breakthrough that's going to lead to you taking away our disgrace and taking us to a place that is immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine because that's who you are and that's what you do. And God, may we be reminded that through this whole process, not for one single minute have we been forsaken. Not for one single minute have we been forgotten. May we be reminded, God, that today you are in this place to fill us with hope and tell us a future that's coming, that's immeasurably more. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with us and that you're for us and your plans for us are greater than anything that we could imagine on our own. Father, fill us with faith and fill us with hope and fill us with peace that we've never been forsaken. Jesus, I wanna thank you that nobody in this room has ever been abandoned or forsaken, that you are with us and today, God, you wanted to remind somebody to hang on even though you feel like you're in the middle of the bubbles that a breakthrough is coming so if you're here today or you're watching online maybe you need to pray right where you stand God, give me the faith to believe that a breakthrough is coming give me the hope to sustain me that a breakthrough is coming Father, fill me with the peace that I need to know that a breakthrough is coming Faith and hope and peace are the things that we need to bring us through. Just ask God for those right now in abundance. And maybe you're here today or you're online and you've never prayed to ask Jesus to come into your life. You've never given your life to Christ. If that's what you feel like is your next step, that's what you know you need to do, then right where you stand today, I just want you to pray this prayer in your heart with me right now. You just pray say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed to receive Christ in this room, I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I want you to put your hand up in the air because I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. One, two, three. If you pray to receive Christ, hand in the air. Thank you. Thank you. You're online do the hand raise emoji father i want to thank you jesus for these hands in the air i want to thank you that you save people today father i want to thank you that you fill people with faith i want to thank you that you fill people with hope i want to thank you that you fill pe- people with peace god as we walk out of this place may we truly believe not just for other people but for our lives the best is yet to come because the bubbles are going to lead to a breakthrough which is going to bless us in ways that we never imagined. We love you, God. We thank you that you are a good father that wants good things for his children. And everybody that agreed with this prayer said, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, I'm pumped you came. I can't wait to see you again next weekend. God bless you. all have a great week. The best is you have to come.